Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Hey there, Habs fans, and this is the very first episode of Habs Unfiltered Toxic Tuesday. Today, your host, Trey Wilson, will talk about uh, the 2-8 game losing skids, a poll that was put on Twitter, and what's going forward for the Habs. We'll be back right after these commercials. Welcome back. After those lovely uh, commercials, uh, here we're back here. So I did a poll here on Twitter uh, just over the past 24 hours. There, are, I think I started on Sunday as I record here. It's uh, Monday evening. And uh, so uh, what the poll basically said was, uh, do you think the Habs with the eight-game losing streak over, they get the win, they get some injuries coming back, they're only at that time seven points of the playoffs. They're eight now. Uh, do you think that they will make it into the playoffs? Now, the poll pretty much went the way I thought it would. 40% said no, which I tend to agree with. Uh, the yes went 16%. The if they get healthy, surprisingly, went 31%. And then the tank went uh, 13%. But here's the surprising thing I got out of this poll was if you put the yeses and if they get healthy together, uh, 47% of the people, and I had over 250 votes on this in 24 hours, to 47% think they have a chance of making the playoffs if they're healthy. Uh, mind you, we'll take into consideration that if they are healthy could mean, or if they get healthy is what the question was, but people could have read that as if they were healthy or something like that. So take it for what it is. Uh, the Habs are eight games out uh, of the final wild card spot, which is held right now by uh, Florida. Uh uh, Florida has 53 points, Montreal 45, um, Florida, Philadelphia, uh, and Carolina all have games in hand. So do the uh, New York Rangers. So, yeah, the Rangers actually have two games in hand. So for Montreal to really uh, make it up there, not only do they have to jump uh, one, two, three, four, at least five teams, uh, they also have to hope those teams lose at least uh, one, two, three, four of those teams uh, lose games uh, where Montreal's not even playing. Uh, so it's, it's a big – I'm not saying it can't happen. It's a big jump. Uh, we go into our little uh, week break there on the 27th at the end of the month here. Uh, and uh, so I think we have four games in that span or five games before that. If we win four or five – that gives us eight points. Hopefully everyone else doesn't do as good. I mean, even that only gives us 53 points. That would tie us with the playoffs with the wild card spot if everybody else lost. Uh, I don't see that happening, uh, but maybe we can jump two or three teams and we'll just take it a couple teams at a time if it's possible for us to make it in. If not, well, then we're just sitting outside. If you look at the overall standings, I believe right now we're 26th. So... Um, that would give us, sitting for the lottery, we'd be sitting around 
six for the lottery pick. So, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. It gives you a bigger chance to win the first overall. And how anyone in that top ten is going to be a good pick for the Canadians, for them to pick up. So uh, that's what we're looking at there. Uh, personally, I think uh, we're not going to make it. I, I think we can make a run. I think it's possible. Uh, Kovalchuk's been playing well. Uh, Armia was shooting the puck uh, at practice uh, earlier today. Uh, Byron looks like he's close to coming back. Uh, we'll see what's going on with Gallagher. I, I hope if it's concussion coming from a guy who's had multiple concussions. Uh, I hope he really takes his time with it and comes back fully healthy. Uh, uh, supposed to be could be back after the break. Uh, I don't think uh, too many are going to be coming back before the break, but after the break, it's possible we have everybody, So, uh, which, which, which will be great, great for the team. Uh, so having said that, uh, it's good to see 47% are pretty positive. Uh, uh, but I'm I'm more in the forty percent range. I don't think we're going to make it, and I don't think that's a bad thing right now. Now I know a lot of people are going to go on. Well, that's three out of the last four. We've only done that uh, three times in a in, in in existence of our our, our hundreds of year hundred years of uh, existence. And you know what? We're at a reset position here. We're at a position where if everything goes right, Price plays the way he we know he can play, and everyone is healthy, we can make the playoffs. Uh, but we don't have the depth. We don't have the depth yet to make the playoffs. And uh, the reason we don't have the depth is Bergeron's counting on these young guys to come up and come through. The uh, Kakinemis, the Palings, the uh, the Flurries uh, that are there now, uh, the Suzuki. And then we have the Caulfields, the Romanovs, the uh, Brooks, and the uh, Evans of the uh, – of the, that that are that are maybe next year or the year after uh i see caulfield and romanov here next year maybe brooke maybe not uh, i'm not sure how that's going to work out uh he, he i thought he was the guy to make it this year but flurry kind of took a spot uh, right and left-handed so it's two different spots depends on what happens with petrie i guess uh another thing that's been going around the uh, interwebs and the twitterverse is the price weber trade talk uh if montreal's in a rebuild or a reset why are we keeping these guys around? Let's let's get something for them while we can. Uh, it was brought up by uh, my Habs on Filter partner Blaine Potfin. Uh, different look at it in uh, his article with the hockey writers. Uh, does Price maybe want to trade? Does Price maybe want to uh, to move on and get out of here? I personally think no. I don't think Weber and Price are on the block unless something miraculous comes out that's really going to uh, advance this little reset or rebuild uh, i think they're there to stay at least for now uh, i think price knew when he signed his contract only two years ago what was going on uh, the team in 2018 pretty much started their off their uh their reset and now we're looking at uh you know the makings of that coming we have uh we're gonna have pretty good cap space going into the future uh i've been saying all along on the internet uh 21 22 is the year you got to look at this is when all these young kids should be on the team should be uh, a factor on the team uh, at least at least half of them or most of them uh uh and uh we're talking romanoff caulfield suzuki and all them guys and then you got to fill those guys in you know with your your core of gallagher uh price and weber and then you got to you know fill in the other blocks that we need to uh, make this team a contender for long term, which I think is what the plan is. The plan is to keep the team right now uh, competitive 
hopefully make the playoffs, but the ultimate goal is a long-term contending team, not just a playoff team. And I think that's a good move to go because for the last 20 some odd years, Montreal's just been, let's make the playoffs, let's make the playoffs, let's make the playoffs. And a lot of that has to do with the pressure in Montreal to be one of the top teams in the league. But you're not going to be a top team in the league if you're you're going to trade off assets like uh, the Ganey years did and the Gauthiers and that to just get players in so that you can make the playoffs. That That doesn't work. Uh, you just become a mediocre team, which Montreal has been for a while now. Uh, so I think Bergevin uh, is doing the right thing. I think it's a couple years too late, but uh, not too late, but a couple years later than what he should have done. Uh, he's doing the right thing. So if we miss the playoffs, we miss the playoffs. That's the way it goes. That's how you build a contender. That's how L.A., Chicago, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, that's how they all build contending teams by missing a few playoffs sometimes in a row sometimes not and and getting good draft picks there's been strong uh montreal's been strong drafting uh let timmons take over and we've been i think we've been getting the right people uh at least at the places we're drafting in and uh and that's what matters uh so it's not so much how you draft or where you draft it's uh it's who you draft and whether or not they're the right person for the uh, for the job. Uh, now, having said all that, uh, that's where I'm at. I don't see price going anywhere. I don't see anyone trying. Um, I mean, if you really look at who Colorado is, probably the only team. Maybe the Islanders, who I don't think really need a goalie, uh, but Colorado is probably the only team in a situation where a goalie could give them that extra boost. And still have the cap space for uh, Carey Price. They'll, they'll have like something somewhere around $31 million at the deadline, I think, or, or something like that. They have a lot more than what Montreal has now. Uh, so he's that's probably the only place I can see Price going uh, if he were to be traded. And I just don't see it feasible there. I don't see Colorado, another team who was really just rebuilding two years ago, uh, you know, giving up any type of uh, prospects uh, to Montreal for this. And that's what Montreal would want, prospects and picks and, and you know, another top player. Uh, Weber, I don't see Weber being traded at all uh, unless he's going to Nashville so they don't have to pay the recapture th- uh, penalty. Uh, $7.8 million nowadays for a, an, a, an elite top four defenseman is actually quite cheap. I mean, if you look at the fact that uh, guys like uh, Morgan Riley, P.K. Subban and other all, are all up uh, – well, P.K. Suman's in the $9 million range. Uh, I can't, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what Riley makes. but uh, So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't see Weber going anywhere. I don't see Weber needs to go anywhere. He gives the leadership to the team that they need. And he, uh, and he, and he's, good, he's, you know, good for the team. So, for him to, uh, to be traded, you're going to lose a lot of leadership in the room. And you're going to lose a lot of... Uh, 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 mentorship that's going on. Uh, same with Price. Price is only 32. I know people say, oh, that's old and he's having a down year, but the, the, the team's having a down year. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, Price knows what he has to do. He's addressed it the other day when he said, you know, a lot of this is on me, so look at me. Uh, I got to play better. I got to uh, uh, take this team where it's at, where it needs to be. Um, and that's what happens when you go into uh, – what my next topic is going to be is about the, the, the two eight-game skids. And uh, then we're going to talk about where they could be 
if they weren't eight dame suits. So I'm going to go to a quick commercial and I'll be right back. Have you ever needed a fragrance that matches your every social media post? Well, if you're on Twitter after dark and feel a little angry, you can wear Fire This fragrance is available on every social media site. Fire On every message board. So when you need to smell like your social media accounts, take a bath in and we are back so we had uh like i said two eight game losing streaks uh one we were oh seven and one which was the recent one we just had and then the first one we were oh five and three so out of those 16 games we had got a whopping four points that's right four points in a whopping 16 games uh and then we had a terrible game against ottawa on saturday where we they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn that we were outshot outplayed out everything we ended up getting a win eli kovalchuk with the uh beautiful goal in overtime after he had a beautiful breakaway and it was good to see him uh it was good to see him get the goal everyone's excited about him it's making the fans here in uh, montreal i think excited about hockey again uh, even though uh we're having a not so great season so far. Uh, however, I was just doing some numbers, looking over at that eight gates, eight game skid. And if you really think about it, the Montreal Canadiens at the uh, forty five points need fifty three points to get in. If they would even go five hundred, like say eight and eight for those uh, sixteen games that uh, we lost, they'd be second place in the uh, in the Eastern Conference in the in the Eastern or at least in the Atlantic Division. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's how bad these losing streaks were. Even if we went two five and one uh, and two three and three, you're still looking at eleven points, and you are in a playoff spot uh, comfortably in a playoff spot actually. So uh, we didn't even have to play five hundred hockey to maintain a wild card playoff spot. All we had to do was go you know, 450 or 420, and uh, we were in. You know, like, just win four games. Win four, lose four in overtime, and you're uh, you're still in the playoffs. However, we didn't do that. Uh, the last one went 0-7-1, and the problem with their last uh, skid was the fact that we were in every game. Uh, two games were empty net goals, so essentially all those eight games were one-goal games. We actually had, I believe, two-goal leads in most of them that we blew in the third period, and... That's what happens when your top players are injured, and that's what happens when you don't have the depth to fill in that top player, which is what Montreal doesn't have right now. That's what Montreal has to work on is the depth of the uh, of the team. And uh, going forward, I think that's what they will work on. We have uh, 14 picks in this draft. If we stay out of the playoffs, I'm pretty sure our number one pick is probably going to be NHL-ready off the bat, especially if we're picking in the top 10. If not, he won't be long in the minors. Or, and uh, so, I mean, we're sitting 26th overall right now, which puts us, like I think I mentioned earlier, uh, picking 6th. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I'll take a 6th pick any day. Also, who knows, maybe we'll get first and uh, we'll get the first overall pick who it's being picked in Montreal. So I believe that's going to be, I'm going to butcher his name, Lafreniere. And, uh 
we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, if everyone doesn't know, if anyone ever never listened to Habs Unfiltered, I do not say names very well, and I don't care. I'm good with that because that's why they call me toxic. Uh, so this. You know, it's a little bit of a positive first Toxic Tuesday, uh, but let's be honest here. Uh, the Habs, you know, Bergevin, let's get rid of some myths first. I'm going to do a little bit of a rant before I go. Uh, let's do some. Bergevin never said he had a five-year plan, so let's get rid of that right off the bat, okay? Uh, yes, Bergevin has probably won most of his trades that he's done. Uh, yes, Bergevin... Is lately drafting really well, which I think is Timmons, not Bergevin, but Bergevin's the guy who said, Hey, you got control of this. This is your this is your this is your show, which was the right move, which was the good move. Uh but Bergevin can't bring in FA. So like a lot of people think I'm a pro Bergevin guy. Well, I think he's the best guy for the job right now in Montreal. I don't think he's the best GM. I think he's an average GM. I think he's in about the middle of the pack. His uh, record, I believe, if you put it together, his win loss record at least puts him in the top ten. Uh but, you know, he at, at the first five years of his tenure, they, they won a lot of games. Uh, he's also won the most playoff series than any other GM before him. Uh, and again, this all happened in his first half of his of his tenure, not going on to the eighth seed. We missed two of the last three on to probably three of the last four. Um, but that shouldn't be a knock on him. Uh, he's trying to build the team the right way. He's trying to not to be a mediocre team everywhere who just makes the playoffs. And if they get lucky, maybe do a playoff run. He's trying to build the team so that it's a winning team and a team that will uh, uh, will help um, uh, a team that will be built to, to to contend for multiple years in the future. A la Chicago, L.A., Pittsburgh, Washington, and everybody else that's doing it right now. And that's the team we want. That's the team I want. I want a team that's going to be every year. I know they they get a chance to win the cup. I'm not saying they will win the cup because sixteen teams make the playoffs. Anyone can do it. Uh, but at least I want a team that, and I'd like to see one in uh, Carrie and Weber's lifetime. Uh, so you know, hate Bergevin, like Bergevin. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Just just look at what he's done, the body of his work, and, and judge on that. Uh, if you want to be against him, his failure to get FAs, his failure to uh, build on the core that he had at the at the start, uh, a couple bad FA signings. Uh, but he's learning from his mistakes and he's moving forward. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. I, I give him to 21-22. If he doesn't put together somewhat of a contending team by then, and by I mean contending, I mean a team that's going to battle for the top in the division and be in the talk of someone who could win the Stanley Cup. Uh, then uh, I think it's time to start looking somewhere else, and I'm okay with that. Uh, so that was the first show of Toxic Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this Friday, uh, Blaine Potvin and uh, Matt Smith and I are going to get together and record an episode episode of Habs Unfiltered, uh, which is no longer part of the uh, All Habs organization. Uh, and having said that, we all want to thank All Habs for all their help and uh, getting us out there and the platform they use for us. Uh, we decided to uh, to go on our own, see how we do, be a little bit more flexible, and that's what we'll be done. Uh, so I'll tell you right now, for all your AHL news, go see uh, All Habs. They, they, they have... Uh, Chris G and Abby are great with uh, with Laval, and the, they'll pretty much tell you what it is and what it isn't, and they're 99% right, so that's the way you go. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week for another Toxic Tuesday, and if you have any ideas or anything like show throw me a DM. I'm at Treg33 on, uh, on Twitter. 
All right, guys, have a good one, and hopefully I'll talk to you and you'll listen to me on Friday. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.